This episode of Bouts Talking Bouts is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Winning parlays. If you're looking for them in BKFC, you got to be checking out BK Bet Shark. Here's the thing. $50 buys, you get a personalized bet slip. It's based on your own budget. You can be flexible. It is what works for you. And this guy's got the receipts. You can check out all the winning tickets. You can peep them, and you can do so at Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Check him out on Instagram and get with it. Got them personalized betting slips going on, $50 buys. All right, on this episode of Bare Knuckle Radio, very excited to be chatting with an individual who competes at BYB21, which fittingly goes down on the 21st of October. We've got Trevor Morris stepping into that mighty trigon to take on John Barnard, and great having John on the show. How are you doing there, man? I'm doing good. You know, I just got um, done my official commission weigh-in. I'm on weight, feeling really, really good. Um, got in some protein to kind of feel refill up, and I'm feeling energetic, pumped, excited as heck because now I'm closer to my actual fighting weight, which is 140. Um, well, which is 135. So I'm at 140, fighting at 140. Hopefully, my next fight will be at 135. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling happy, excited, and just honored to be able to perform in front of a lot of my fans that I've acquired over the past two years in Charlotte, North Carolina. So that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. An interesting info about the weight because I'd seen on a BYB graphic it listed it as a middleweight matchup, and I saw after your last fight you were looking for like more of a lightweight kind of sophomore BYB extreme fight. But yeah, kind of interesting that it's more of like a one forty sort of catch weight. So I mean, yeah, how are you? How are you, how do you feel after all that? So I wanted to I wanted to I want to initially fight at one thirty five. That's the goal. Um, but at the at the time. There was no kind of, I couldn't, conf- I couldn't, uh, what's the word? I, I couldn't commit to a 35 yet. You know, I haven't been fighting for about 10 years, just got back into it. And so I wanted to slowly transition back to my original weight of 135. So this is a, a, a match that I kind of asked for. I told him, hey, I want to fight at 140. I think that would be a safe bet. I, I'm pretty sure I can get to 140, no problem, without injury, without any concerns. So that's why I ended up taking a match at 140. Yeah, I mean, it does make sense how you're navigating it. And, you know, mentioning that 10-year layoff, I'm very curious to get some insights on that whole timeline because you were competing in MMA previously and just something seemed to reignite your, you know, passion for fighting and the hunger to get out there and do bare knuckle. Was this like a gradual sort of process or was there like a certain like epiphany kind of moment that got you back to combat sports? So when I first started um, this bare knuckle adventure, it was on the whim of me trying to do some professional boxing. I, a lot of the promotions out in the East Coast were giving me a little hard time getting matches, and and then BKFC actually reached out, and their matchmaker uh, had a fighter that needed an opponent at a weight higher than I would normally, which is at 155. And I was like, you know what, I want to fight. I just miss it. I felt like something was missing in my life. I've been fighting my whole entire life. You know, um, I took a step away from the martial arts to pursue my financial, excuse me, my uh, financial stability for my family, uh, achieve my bachelor's degree in business management, and just really work on my, my career, my professional career. 
as an uh, IT specialist, right? And now that I've been in the industry for about five years, I'm very comfortable. I feel like I have the experience that I need to be solidified in the industry that I'm working in now. So now I can kind of let my shoulders down and really focus on my hobby, which was fighting. And I feel like I'm pretty decent at it. So I was like, you know what, I might as well try and see if that's what's the missing piece in my life right now. And so I took a, a match at 155 and, you know, I did pretty well. Uh, and now it's like, okay, well, I know I can do it. I've been fighting at 155. So imagine if I got to 135, how more, how much more explosive I would probably be, faster, quicker, all that kind of stuff. So that's that's what led, uh, led me to today, you know. Yeah, and how much does, you know, having all of those things perfectly aligned, I guess, put you in a certain competitive flow state just i mean it seemed like you got like you said everything in line financially with <clears throat> like the outside career and getting things in line money wise to support the family like does that really lend itself to like an additional level of composure in the fight where you get more in that like flow state and have the most comprehensive performances like is there that benefit to it as well in your return Absolutely, 100%. Just imagine a lot of these fighters that most people don't even realize, but they put a lot of sacrifice on the backs of their entire family, um, their career, their longevity, their future to pursue a sport that is not for sure going to guarantee pay dividends, you know? And so I just couldn't see myself relying, putting all of my eggs in one basket in this mixed martial arts thing. You know, and I, I know a lot of people might give me flack for that, but I genuinely feel when you have a family, they should be the first priority in your life. And that's basically what, I, what I'm what i doing now, and it's been working out a lot. Um, because, like I said, my family's in a good place. I'm not having to sacrifice too much to pursue this, um, which allows me, like I said, to relax my shoulders, really dive into the art of mixed martial arts with little stress and focus on the little nuances that I need to be prepared for any match or anything in general, you know? When you can remove as much stresses as you can, that allows for a better, more comfortable, smoother transition in a lot of things. And that's something that me hunkering down, taking a step away from the art, really allowed me to do. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a huge blessing in disguise, me taking this, break away from uh fighting and then now returning very uh healthy um mentally stable um and i don't say that i'm like crazy or anything but i'm i'm in a place where i can really focus and really hone onto my craft which a lot of people can't say they can do because they got all the stresses of life in general you know so yeah yeah i mean it seems to reflect in the performances and i mean the fervor seems to even come across and like how often you've been competing too. I mean, just racking up a couple bare knuckle wins in May and June. So it really just seems like you're looking to get out there and really just make up for lost time almost in a certain sense. Like maybe not phrase it in that specific way, but just to say strength of schedule seems like a priority. No, that's, you actually said it really well, and that's what it is, is making up for lost time. You know what I mean? I forgot the song, Y'all Must Have Forgot, from, <laughs> from Roy, Roy Jones, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I've been doing this shit for a long time. I got a lot of fights, I got a lot, and I have a really good winning record, I would say. But um, now that um, I'm able to get back into it, I can really um, showcase a lot of, uh, of my... Uh, 
I can showcase a lot of my skills and potential. You know, I was, like I said, I was uh, in a few of my other uh, interviews. I were, I was signed under promotions that that have like pretty much all of their fighters signed under UFC or giant organizations. You know, so I was there. I could have been there. You know, and and now I'm looking at the in, the the sport as a whole. It's like, man, the industry has not really done done too much to produce like really great athletes like um like i had to compete against when i was upcoming in the ranks you know so i was like you know this is a great time to get back into it and let me show myself yeah let me let me see what i can do in this in this little short window i have left so yeah yeah, and obviously a lot of professional combat sports experience, but I was also seeing some interviews where you were talking about like how street fighting as a younger lad was a bit of a thing, just like that spirit of fighting and, you know, warrior culture in Hawaii, I believe was the way you described it. So, I mean, obviously it's much more refined because you're fighting professionals now, but it seems like you already had some previous experience on the west side of the island. Yeah, yeah, that's actually, well, not necessarily on the streets, you know what I mean? I probably fall on the streets probably twice. And believe it or not, my fights on the streets were against my really good friends. You know, you guys get into like a little disagreement yeah, yeah. And, and things and whatnot, and, and, and you folks just, um, you know, you throw it down, you know, and that's what it was like in Hawaii. Um, but it, overall, the, the concept of street fights was, was like, ingrained in our DNA and when we fought we fought really technical you know as I am fighting bare knuckle that's why I try not to put too much hype on myself and and, and really give props to the island for creating who I am today I think it's in the, the water or something but you know that warrior spirit is in us um it's 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 crazy you know like I said if, if anyone wants to see some really good fights just look at some street fights from Hawaii that's it and you'll see it really really good technical boxing on the street and that's hard to see in the main well in the continent of the united states for sure yeah i mean i would definitely agree with everything you said there very accurate but even just within this relatively succinct bare knuckle journey as i was kind of mentioning a bit ago just great experiences in both the bkfc ring and the byb mighty trigon like it seems like there's distinct differences with both competitive spaces like do you feel like the mighty trigon kind of like works with this style almost it seems like the way that you compete it would seem like the mighty trigon is like a pretty favorable space to compete in almost um i'm not i'm not sure uh, hmm. i think I, I think you're gonna have to reword that question for me to kind of a lot be able to elaborate a little bit on that could you reframe that question? Oh yeah, no worries. Yeah, no, we were just talking about like the you know fight approach that you bring. I would think that the I guess compact nature of the Trigon, yeah. Um, from from both organizations, you mean? I mean, I get organizations. I know that there's a the difference that 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 is uh very very uh, apparent is the fact that the ring is very small. I don't think that's something to. That, that you, one needs to really uh, worry about unless he is a person that likes to utilize ring, right? So if they're a, a good boxer that likes to run around and whatnot, then yeah, the BKFC would probably have the better advantage for a fighter of that type of style. But 
for me, I'm a sl- I used to, well, I'm, a, I'm a slugger at heart, but I'm I'm learning that you can't be a slugger in this game. You know what I mean? I I, I learn how to roll with punches. So the so it probably kind of uh, the bare knuckle um, ring and the trigon, excuse me, is a little bit more inducive to my style. The other good thing, the good thing is that the trigon or BYB offers three minutes of work. Two minutes is a really short amount of time, so you really cannot play around. And, and it forces fighters to really just go balls to the walls and offer so much openings and mistakes because you're in a you feel like you're in a rush to really you know get in that 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 the the I, I don't know I just noticed that a lot of fighters are rushing their fight rather than taking their time and picking their shots and finding their holes. I get to do that with BIV, and that's the greatest thing. That, um, for me in the BYB Trigon, the, the amount of time I get to work and really figure things out and adapt and, and you know, just capture data on my opponent as the rounds go on. So far, I haven't gone that far. I think two rounds is the longest I've went. Hopefully, I can get a little bit more. Well, maybe not. Maybe if, I, if I can, I'm going to try to finish it soon, obviously. Get out, get that paycheck, and just, you know, be home. But I, I want to be able to showcase a little bit more skill. Um, you know, and be a little bit more explosive, a little bit more exciting. So hopefully that's something that this three minutes is going to allow me to do. I can warm up and slowly progress as I normally do. Yeah, I get what you mean. And in kind of, I guess, looking at this next opponent here, I mean, bit of a curious, you know, opponent to kind of assess in a particular regard, just in as far as previous MMA experience. And they have competed in bare knuckle beforehand, but I mean, fighting someone like, Howard Davis, who's readying to fight for a championship in his next outing. Like, I guess I'm asking, like, what are your thoughts on Trevor Morris overall from his stylistic attributes you may have seen, but also his fighting resume? You know, it's, it's, you know, I'm not one to talk smack too much, but I definitely feel like he has not, he's, there's level to this boxing stuff, you know, and I don't think he's even close to the level of, of technic, technicality that I'm on. Um, you know, but but that that does not make me under undermine him. Uh, nor am I doubting the capability that he has, or anyone has in this bare knuckle. Because all it takes is one, right? All it takes is one shot. You can be the horriblest fighter in the world. You can just land one lucky shot, and that's it. So I'm I'm being cognizant about that, and I'm not taking this dude lightly. I don't think he's technical. He's an MMA fighter that's probably more rounded in the ground area of, 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 of martial arts. So technically, you know, say if we did a kickboxing, I'd probably run right through this guy. But again, we're doing bare knuckles, so anything can happen. He seemed a little strong when he fought Howard Davis. He was able to push Howard Davis back a little bit, kept Davis on his, foot, um, his back foot a lot. So Davis wasn't really willing to stay in the pocket with him. So that kind of does say something. He might have a lot of power behind his shot. I'm not sure. Um, I'm going to try not to, you know, validate whether he has or not. But I, I definitely feel like I got, I got the edge in regard to the technique of the experience uh, that I have as well. And, you know, I'm just seeing I've been doing this for a long time. And striking has been my cup of tea the entire time. So um, I think that's, that's, that's my insight on him. Uh, you know, again, like I said, I'm not going to take away from the capabilities that any fighter has in this game because anything can happen. You know, I've seen fights like that where a guy is supposed to demolish this, their opponent and that didn't happen, you know, because of a lucky shot. So 
that's that's my take on this guy and what I I, I think uh, people need to be cognizant about in the bare knuckle scene <clears throat> as we continue to develop the technique and the art of bare knuckle because it's still still growing. It's still you know people are still trying to figure out how to do this. You know how to fight bare knuckle. It's not the same thing as boxing. It's not the same thing as MMA. So. Uh, that's yeah, and it's cool to hear that. Like, I think your previous combat sports experience informs that as well. And just also cool to see you getting in some, like, specific work with guys like, you know, Tony Soto, who's readying for his own big bare-knuckle fight this weekend and everything like that. So, yeah, just love to see it. Yeah, I've been working with, yeah, I've been working with Tono, Tony, Trucker, um, hit him Holloway, uh, who else, Ryan Jett, um, a handful. Um, what's his name? Um, the main event, uh, Keith. I've yeah, been working with say. all those guys, and Trevor as well. I think he's fighting on the undercard as well. But I've been working with a lot of bare knuckle fighters, and I've been finding a lot of uh, some knowledge and wisdom from these fighters. Whether that's a little, like just a little new shot nuances and stuff like that, but nonetheless, I'm absorbing everything I can every time I get uh, to surround myself with these people for sure. Yeah, I love hearing that, and it's just a cool time in the sport. Like you were kind of saying earlier, people are like trying out different things, trying to get their own, you know, methodology going. Like just with every aspect. Like I talked to some guys who will like really swear by using like the bigger gloves, for instance, whereas like some guys will go for that like precision work with the smaller MMA gloves. Like some guys use both. It's just like it's not a one size fits all kind of deal. Right. Yeah, I, I've, I've been utilizing a lot of the uh, smaller... Well, I actually haven't. I've been just doing regular boxing, and then every now and then we'll put on some MMA gloves or shooter gloves and just try to see if I can kind of prepare myself or uh, work on, like, just the finer things in regard to the bare knuckle. Like, one of the things that I work on a lot is the the ability to dodge and block punches without a glove. So I have one of my trainers use Shuto gloves, which is like a thicker MMA glove. Looks like a boxing MMA glove combo, you know what I mean? So it's very small. So with bare knuckle, you can really fit in a shot anywhere, anywhere, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to block. So practicing different maneuverabilities and, and, you know, being a little bit more elusive and using MMA gloves to help to kind of seek out those other options that you have is what I've been trying to kind of do. And then the other thing is really trying to figure out the, the best punch for this type of art, the best head movement for this art, the best blocking um, approaches in this art, you know what I mean? And it's, it's a great sport right now to get into because it's in the early stage. We're in the developmental stages of, of this art, so... I get to pioneer, hopefully figure out some cool things that people can use later down the road, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I feel like you're working with also great people to kind of serve that master as well, so, yeah. Agreed. But yeah, I mean, just cool experiences as of late, too. Like, I mean, even the last fight, just in the sense of it being part of that Police Gazette International Cup. Like, I also love the cross-promotional dynamics of BYB and bkb i feel like it just you know really benefits the fighters and kind of just uplifts the industry overall just seems like a good thing for the growth of the sport and all no it it is definitely that was a very like i felt super honored that out of all of these bare knuckle fighters they chose to bring me on the on the on this uh, international 
competition in which I could represent the United States in a uh, one of the first type of uh, international bouts, you know, and that was really, really cool. And, you know, I, like I thought I was going to do, I held my end of the bargain and, you know, got a dub or got a, a, a point for the Americans, and that was really, really awesome. And I'm probably going to hold that as a as one of the highlights of my fight career, you know? <laughs> just that ability to represent the promotion and I guess the country almost because the marketing was kind of in that line as well. Like, is it kind of rooted in that? Like just this idea of the promotion seeing enough in you to be like, okay, you're going to, you know, represent in a couple different regards really. Is that why you hold that in such high esteem, I suppose? That, that is exactly because it was an America versus United Kingdom event and it was a competition. So it, and it's pretty pretty cool that the actual promoters BKB and BYB held a little wager, stating that you know who, who would win who would win uh, the Police Gazette Cup, and so that was pretty cool that we was able to win take that dub home back to our homeland. You know, uh, it was fun. You know, great people out there. You know, the competition out there I'd say is much more seasoned than us because they've been doing bare knuckle for a hot minute. You know. And then we come there and, and bring our American flair and, and style and smoothness and, you know, pizzazz, I guess. And we, we did well. You know, we got brought that cup home. And, you know, that was super, super memorable. Like I said, knowing that they have been doing this way longer than us, you know, for years. Much longer than us. So that was, it was a very, very honorable and uh, memorable experience. And plus, it was my first time in the United Kingdom. And they treated they treated me pretty pretty well, so that was awesome. Yeah, that must be kind of a cool part of fighting as well. Just maybe like the, I mean, you're there for business ultimately, but just getting to kind of travel around a bit. Absolutely. And even in saying that, I mean, this isn't necessarily, I guess, like super relevant to the direct fight per se. But I thought it was kind of cool that you were, I mean, not my direct neck of the woods per se, but when you fought at. MFC 40 in Edmonton, Alberta. So cool you got to check out Canada a bit. That was that was awesome. You know, and in fact, I'm not sure if, oh, I probably talked about this previously in older interviews when I was fighting MMA, but my opponent in the MFC, which was a great organization, I really wish they, that um, was Mr. Pavich was, was to put back on these promotions because they did a great job. But nonetheless, my opponent became my, one of my best friends. You know, I lost that fight, but, you know, he reached out to me and said, bro, you should have won that fight. The judges really messed you up on that, you know. And that nobility, that ability to, you know, humble yourself and actually, you know, admit to defeat was such a such a uh, class act, which just warranted a friendship. And so we became best friends. He was one of the best men in my wedding after. It was, it was crazy. So, oh, cool. you know, it was, it was cool. It was really awesome. Really, really, really awesome experience in, in, in Canada as well. You know, also representing my hometown as well, you know, and homeland. So anytime I go to the international, I'm representing America and then Hawaii as well, you know. So I'm always, always trying to rep and put on for my city and state. <laughs> That's so cool. I had no idea there was that deep of a connection when I mentioned that i've talked to Corey gower a couple of times before some different fights too and yeah definitely seems like a good guy obviously you know him to a greater degree than me but yeah it seems like a good lad and cool that you guys had that deep of a connection from that i mean i guess fighting creates some unique kind of bonds in a lot of ways 
Yeah, no, this art is, is people, people think it's just a bunch of vicious people that are just fighting and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's actually more than that, you know? A lot of these people are intelligent, you know, um, uh, what's it called? You know, people with heart, you know, and, and people that, just like you, have families and are looking for connections and, you know, friend, is wanting to build relationships as well. I've met a lot of great people in this sport. And so that's just another testament to the fact that MMA is a, well, mixed martial arts in general is a great place to um, form uh, friends and stuff like that. Yeah, well said, man. I definitely agree with you for sure. And Definitely want to be mindful of your time. I feel like I could ask you a ton of questions, but I'm just kind of noticing the time get a little bit away from me. But I guess one of the last things I wanted to touch on, just with you being 2-0 and and bare knuckle with a pair of stoppages now, are we seeing that streak increase to 3 in the coming hours and whatnot? I, 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 I definitely feel so. You know, um, I'm trying to come for their 130-pound their title. So, again, I'm not at 140. My next stop is at 135. Um, I, I definitely feel like I have the ability, I have the knowledge, I have the skill, I have the cardio, I have everything that I need, I have the right people in my corner, all of that, you know, the the lack of stresses, I have no excuses to not be able to pull this one off, you know, so, yeah, hopefully I get that 3-0, and uh, and then I can start coming after that title, if I can get that title, then that will be, a, that will be another uh, uh, notch on my belt that is going to you know, really hold weight in my life that I can say, like, yeah, I, I accomplished X, Y, and Z, you know, and I could pass that on as one of the part, one of the pieces of my legacy that my kids can, you know, follow. Like, you know, dad, you know, went after his dreams, he committed himself to it, he took care of us in the process, and here's where he's at now, you know what I mean? And I think that's going to be a really cool um, story that hopefully just carries on from, from generation to generation in my life. So, Yeah, that's a great sentiment for sure, man. And that could even be a great note to end things off on. But just want to be mindful of, you know, your time and everything. And just perhaps there's maybe something you want to mention that hasn't been touched on. So just in saying that, is there any final parting thought you might want to add as we're kind of wrapping things up here, John? Absolutely. I, I, like, I've been seeing every single fight, you know, because... Right now, I'm in a financial place where I can do this, right? I can invest this time and not have to worry financially uh, about the sacrifices that I would be making. And I say that because a lot of fighters can't say that, you know? And so I, I always like to share this with everyone. It's like, hey, if you know fighters, if you know fighters that are, are, are fighting and they have sponsors, support their sponsors so their sponsors can support the fighter. You know, so it, it, it's really good that we um, we uh, look out for our uh, we look out for our uh, our fellow fighters. You know what I mean, and support their support. You know the people that support them. And so with that, I like to segue into the my uh, sponsors, some of the sponsors that I that has been supporting me throughout this journey, which is uh, a misguided individuals, new level concept. We got. Uh, what's called Top Tiger Team Boxing, Andre Miguel, who took me in, uh, really created a safe gym and haven for myself and my family to really flourish and thrive in the gym. Um, I want to thank all the people that are coming up to support me. I want to also give a shout-out to um, 
McCool, uh, McCool, uh, uh, King Eddie, he actually has a comic book, which is really cool, a comic book on Hawaii. So he made a really cool comic book in which he talks about the life living in Hawaii. So if you're interested in to know like a little really in-depth, intimate um, wisdom or knowledge on how the Hawaiians and the locals of Hawaii is living, as I was, you know, raised, as, you know, as I was brought up, you can get a little glimpse of that in his comic book, which is really, really cool. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's, um, what's called DJ JK, which created my, um, walkout song, which is a custom, uh, song that has a lot of significance as well to me, because one, the introduction actually is where I got my fight name, and then two, the second segments are one of my sponsors, which is Mac Foreign, who actually is one of my really good friends that sponsored me for this fight, and he, he's a producer. And uh, and then it, it talks about the, the island and the side of the island that I'm from. So it's a pretty cool thing. So everything comes full circle, you know, and it talks, it, it's just a part of that journey in my life. So those are some of the things. And any other sponsors that I forgot to mention, you know, uh, really love you guys. And um, check out my website at untamable.net in which you can find all of my sponsors and, and a way to support me by supporting my sponsors. So that's, that's, that's how I would like to end this segment if possible. And, you know, I just want to thank you for putting the time aside and really getting uh, to know me and allowing your fans to get to know me. It's really awesome. No, I mean, mutual appreciation, absolutely. I just really appreciate you coming on. And it's always fun getting to, you know, do the research and dig into the backstories. And you definitely have a very cool story for sure man and very interested to see the next chapter of that story unfurl on the 21st and just really also want to thank you for coming on bare knuckle radio doing so after the weigh-ins which i mean i've done some fight week interviews before but never quite the day before so i really super appreciate that and think that's absolutely noteworthy and something i want to put out there but yeah very excited for this byb 21 card overall and should be a great fight with Trevor Morris here and really looking forward to peeping all that but until then you enjoy the rest of your day John and thanks so much for coming on Bare Knuckle Radio absolutely thank you you know hopefully I get this dub and then we can run it back and that way I can go into the actual nitty gritty of my life story you can you can really feel that journey with me it's, it's crazy my story is that's just the tip of the iceberg what we just discussed so hopefully we'll be back um, and I can eventually you know secure a tighter this Bare Knuckle stuff and we can go with this radio station out, man. Thank you for your time, man. I appreciate everything you do. Continue doing what you're doing, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much, man. Same to you. And, yeah, no, just really looking forward to everything. And I feel like very much this will be the first of a few interviews based on how it went down. And, yeah, looking forward to getting to know the nitty-gritty of that story with time. But until then, you enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you so much for coming on, man. You're welcome, you're welcome. God bless, take care, brother. This episode of Bouts Talking Bouts is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Winning parlays, if you're looking for them in BKFC, you gotta be checking out BK Bet Shark. Here's the thing, $50 buys, you get a personalized bet slip. It's based on your own budget. You can be flexible, it is what works for you, and this guy's got the receipts. You can check out all the winning tickets, you can peep them, and you can do so at Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Check him out on Instagram, and get with it. Got them personalized betting slips going on. $50 buys.